Oh, welcome back. Welcome to the latest episode of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 208. It's been a while. Uh, we are doing a season preview and re- season preview reviewing the not the best or not the worst transfer market of Roma so far of 2023 of the summer and a little preview of Sunday's game against San Natana. With me tonight, I have Joey. How are you, Joey? I'm good. How are you, Scott? I'm okay. I'm okay. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we did. I did have two other people lined up. Sam and Imran, sadly, they couldn't make it, so it's just the two of us. I'm not going to sing the rest of the song. They're 48 seconds in, I'm not going to start singing. But shall we dive straight into it, the transfer market? We're two weeks away from the transfer market ending. We've got this new transfer market with Saudi Arabia, which is taken over. We briefly discussed it on our previous pod, which was probably about three weeks ago, discussing pre-season friendlies but would you say describe Roma's transfer market so far as the Gennaro Gattuso means um, sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit um, where seven players brought in about probably double that taken away for a lot of money there's resale sell-on clauses for a couple of players who Previous left, previously left Roma in Cengiz Unda, who's just gone to Fenerbahce. Uh, Nicolas Saniolo, who's probably going to tear it up, tear it up in the Premier League on and off the field if he enjoys the Birmingham nightlife. Um, there's a Davide Fratesi one. There's probably a couple more. But how? What are your thoughts on the window so far? I'm not going to discuss the the. The striker situation that will be afterwards, but so far, ins it's seven players. It's not too bad so far. No, I think you're right, Scott. You uh, you said like uh, the Catuzo meme. I think it's pretty spot on. It's been all right, but it's. I mean, it's hard to fully judge right without having seen them play games. You know, there's quality in some of the players they've brought in. It's just a matter of can they do it in Serie A and. You know, in some cases, like we signed Renato Sanchez, it's not a question of talent. It's a question of a little bit like Dybala, can he stay on the field? So what they've done so far has been all right. I still feel it's a little late for the midfield situation, the the Renato Sanchez one. The Paredes one, I have to get off my chest. It's, um, it's one that we're taking sort of as a shock panic type buy and I'm not saying in a bad way. It's just, we needed to react when uh, Matic wanted to leave. So reports were that he was talking to Renz over a month and apparently Roma find out, well, when everyone found out, which was literally within the last week or so. So there's not much you can do in finding the perfect Matic replacement. Is he the Matic replacement in terms of a body on the field? Yes. Is he the same as characteristics? No, but given the circumstances, I like how Roma reacted. So uh, on Paredes, is he the best player in the world? No. Is he the worst? Probably not. I, I would certainly want someone better, someone to shield the defense better, but he's. I think he's going to play in that deep-line playmaking role. He has a good... I'm ranting about Paredes because I think it's been talked about a lot, Scott. He, he has good... 
um, passing abilities. And with these signings, you know, with Sanchez, Awar, uh, and Dika, uh, Christensen, Urente, so I'm going through them all, and obviously Paredes, I think offensively, uh, I, I think we will see more sco- more goals given we'll talk about the striker situations in a little bit, but getting these guys, maybe defensively we won't be as solid, you know, bearing the big loss of Matic, but uh, offensively, I think it will help us build more. So that I'm confident that offensively, I, I think we will be better. We're getting characteristics of guys who will play in the three five two. So you got Cristante and I don't know how Cristante will be as a single pivot squad, but, you know, having Cristante Paredes, as the deep lying uh, playmaker slash DM, you got your box to boxes with Awar, mm. Pellegrini, Pellegrini, yeah, you know Bove and Sanchez, and then so and then you 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 got the, even the defense behind him to help build. Llorente is good on the ball, and Dika's good on the ball, uh, probably better than both better than Ibanya. So we'll see how that works out. So far, I can't say they've done poorly. Uh, buying, but I can't say they've done great because we have still a horrific situation with the strikers. Selling wise, excellent. I mean, uh, you said it, Scott. How many? How much money did we incur over uh, um, transfer money that we got in seventy three million? I believe. So I'm on the wonderful transfer mart website, and it was seventy three million. Exactly. So we've done super well. I I love Ibanez. I will defend him forever. I think he he had something he brought that not many other center backs brought to Roma. He's good at progressing with the ball at his feet. He's athletic. He has crazy tackling. His problem has always been concentration, maybe a little bit of footwork. But some of the stuff you see with his volley against Ajax, you know, the goal that Pellegrini scored against Fernard, it was him that intercepted the ball and ran almost the whole field. Like there's not a lot of people who can do that. His Aerial ability was great, so but we got a. I still think we got a pretty good deal for him. I mean, he had. I don't know if you saw. Uh, he had a few uh, scary yes. moments already in the game. Yeah, that yeah, uh, so, back pass to Edouard Mendy for the penalty was. Um, was he playing Lazio in in Saudi Arabia? Maybe, maybe he was Yeah, Kirby. yeah it <laughs> we don't the best know, right? Passes, no. No, exactly. But to sell him for what what's rumored to be a uh, like thirty three million or twenty eight plus bonuses, mm. it's I still think it's a good deal because we were placed well. We still need another center back, I think, as a body because I, I I'm a firm believer of having three center backs. You need two backups on the bench and forget about Kumbula. He's out till uh, not next season, but next year. So we need a, we definitely need another body there because you can't rely on one. And and Dika's going to be playing in the African Cup, so you, you oh, yeah, definitely in need January, another January. Yes, yeah. So that's right. You, him and Awar are gone, right? Yeah. Realistically, <clears throat> would you want six centre backs? Was that too uh, five. much? Five. We have five. Four. Yeah. So you just need one yeah, more. Five. Yeah. And one more. I think Chelik and Christensen can maybe fill the spot. And Christensen for me. Or Cristante, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I don't think that's what could do it, but I don't think that's what they want to do. I don't think that's the plan. What I know of from the plan when we get more of the market, they do want another center back. So yeah. so far it's been good. The only thing I'll, I'll criticize with what we've signed, it's been a little late, especially on Sanchez. I wish 
somebody like Sanchez or the target would have been brought earlier. And hopefully that segues us to, you know, some of the problems we've been having on this market, which we'll get to. Yeah. So uh, pre-prod, we did did list who has come in and who's gone. So there's seven that's come in. Uh, The Magnificent Seven, there probably would be two more to come in, hopefully. Maybe two South Americans, maybe one that's been not playing for his club in Brazil and one who's been playing in Serie A for a while, but we'll wait and see. So Paredes, I'm going to say this in the the Portuguese way, Renato Sanche, Evan Indica, Hussam Awa, Erasmus Christensen. So that's one, two, three, four, five. I'm missing. Who am I missing? Uh, Diego Lorente on loan. Yeah, and Julian John Guerrero, who is signed from Real Madrid Castilla, who is a Basque uh, 19-year-old midfielder. And his dad used to play for Athletic Club Bilbao as well. So seven brought in. And on the outs, uh, I've got the list here. Uh, Roger Ibanez, uh, Justin Cliver, Christian Valparto, Benjamin Tahirovic, Carlos Perez, Brian Reynolds, Nemanja Matic, Filippo Mizzori, Gonzalo Villar, Eldor Shomorodov, Ruben Providence, uh, Matthias Finja out on loan, Ebrahim Darbo out on loan. Uh, is it Davide Mastrantono? Mastrantono. Tuono, yeah. Apologies for butchering that. And the lovely duo of uh, the two who've left on a free transfer. So farewell, sweet princes of Ante Koric and William Bianda, costing us a shitload of money over five years and hardly playing at all. I think it was th- three appearances between them over five years. And then Maddie Cameron and Jeannie Wijnaldum have gone back to Olympiacos and Paris Saint-Germain, respectively. Um, we'll go to the elephant in the room. It's a big, big white elephant. Roma's striking situation. The names that have been banded about... Um, or if someone's played football manager or FIFA from 2017 onwards... Um, Duvan Zapata, Duvan Zapata, who's he's at Atalanta. Amanda Brogia, I wouldn't mind, uh, who did really well at Southampton, went back to Chelsea last season, but then suffered a really serious injury. Um, then you've got uh, William Jose, who plays for Real Betis. Um, Jose, sorry, William Jose is the backup at Real Betis to the Panda. Uh, Borja Iglesias, but Jose scored a really good goal for Real Betis away at Villarreal on the weekend. Uh, I think we've seen Alexis Sanchez being rumoured to be linked. And then you've got the shit show of Marcus Leonardo, who I have no idea what's going to happen. I let you take away uh, because Sam has actually sent me a text message. He sent me a WhatsApp, Joey, and he's got a question because remember we were after Scamacher as well, who's now gone to um, to Atalanta. Atalanta, yeah, uh, to replace Atalanta probably, yeah. probably, and to replace Hoyland. Um, 
He said, question for the pod, given Roma's current situation in the forward position, if it were up to you and you were limited to these three choices, Skamaka, Duvan Zapata and Arnautovic, who would you select? Well, Skamaka, I've pronounced it in two different ways, and I apologise, is signed for Atalanta, and I reckon he's going to tear it up. Arnautovic is going to go back to Inter. It's Duvan Zapata, isn't it? And then probably one else. Yeah, between the three of his question, I, I definitely wouldn't take Arnautovic. It would be between Skamaka, who already left, and Zapata. I've seen Zapata do it time and time again for Atalanta. The the two things that I, that worry me, obviously, with Zapata would be his physical conditions, like Renato Sanchez, like what we have in Dybala. Uh, he hasn't played... Uh, enough in the last two years I, I can't say he missed a lot but it's he's had a lot of issues muscle injuries over the past two seasons which is why his goal tally has lowered but I mean Skamaka's had a knee injury so both them are not coming off of great seasons so it's hard to take but if they were both fully healthy I've just seen more out of Zapata and he would be more of a ready now profile um, so if he was fully healthy I'd probably lean towards Zapata over uh, Skamaka. I've just seen more out of him. But the, my other worry, Scott, is anybody that comes out of that, that Atalanta team, especially to us or in general, I don't find succeed very well. They they do well in certain systems, but when yes. they come out of it, I, I, I'd never see them fully succeed. Like even take someone like Kuluzewski, he's doing better at Spurs, but we, when he was... Um, no, he was just owned by Atalanta. Never yeah, they didn't really him. play him, no, because he was yeah, loaned to Parma. Exactly, but guys that come come out of that system, even Cristante, he's been all right for Roma, but and um, maybe Mancini, but I know Cristante, when he comes out, it's not the same hype as when he was at Atalanta. And other players too. I know Gomez moved on. I don't think he's been as successful. There's been other players. That that's mm. to me, anyways. I could be I could be wrong. I've seen success out of Romero. Just I don't know. Our our taking players of Atalanta sometimes just don't work out, and Cristante being one of the latest ones. But again, I would still uh, pick um, Zapata if if it was between them three. So that's not a bad shout. He did score some goals at the end of the season. I think he scored a rocket away at Torino, which I saw that score with the cutback and he did it on Schurz. Yeah, he sent he sent Per Schurz back to Ajax. Um, he, he on his day, he is a specimen of a striker who so powerful. He can roll a defender. He's got. As cliche as it sounds, speed, power, and he has a rocket of a shot. But at the age of 32, I think, was it the last two years, muscle injuries have have been the cause of his downfall. I wonder, because he's been playing in Italy now for, what is it, 10 years? With uh, Napoli, Sampdoria, Udinese, and now Atalanta. Um, That would not be a bad shout for me. Um, he knows Serie A pretty well. I would love to see him work with Mourinho. It is what it is. Like I listened to Roma Press a couple of weeks ago, and Andy went on a rant about Arnautovic. I don't know if you listened to that one. Where I did. It, it, it basically, I agree with what I was nodding along. It is what it is. You have to have 
a green striker who's new to the country if you want to bring someone in. And then you have to bring in someone who's more experienced, who's played in the league, who's who's a bit bit wily, um, who will probably get you 10 to 12 goals a season. So Roma were looking at Arnautovic. I forgot Alvaro Morata, who I think he scored on Monday night against Granada for Atletico. So you had him, Arnautovic, Zapata, was it Luis Morial was linked? And I think he's been linked to a move to is it Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany. Um, Sanchez. The list will go on and on. I think Roma's ideal is to get Marcus Leonardo and what is going on there, I don't know. And then to bring in someone experienced. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Zapata because if you keep him fit, 15 goals, do you reckon? 15, 16 goals with Dybala, Oshawari, and that midfield of Aoua, Renato Sanch, Paredes, Pellegrini feeding balls in, and then you're getting crosses in from the wide guys, from Zaleski, Celic, etc., etc. Yeah, I I can certainly see that. I can certainly see double-digit goals. Like, he would, at this point, point he would be my preferred experienced striker i like roma's philosophy of taking one young one older mm. one more experience but the problem is caught we the, uh, this is where it's been disappointing is tiago pinto has waited too long we've known this problem since june and i cannot believe it wasn't the first thing we addressed after we signed Awar and Indica. It was something we addressed, yes, but we didn't get anything done. His his issue is and why some of these guys are being named and you know some of them are disappointing. Like I agree with Andy about Arnautovic. It is what it is, but it's to me it's a disappointing name. At least Zapata is not, in in my opinion. If we can keep him and manage him well, I think he could still do pretty well. But it's just it's too long, Scott. You take you took too much time on Morata, which everyone knew it wasn't going to happen unless you pay it. Then you took too much time on Skemaka. By taking too much time on Skemaka, well, these other options have started to go away because guys signed elsewhere or things change and certain mm. situations happen. I'll explain further when I get to the Leonardo case. So you lose out on Murata because you can't afford him, but you wasted too much time. Skemaka was the biggest fail of Pinto, not, not just by not getting him, uh, by buying him, it's we wasted too much time. We wasted the whole month of July, which now we're getting stuck being linked to William Jose. I, I know he scored a good goal, Scott, but when I see 15 goals in the last four seasons, that's that's pretty alarming. Whether it's backup or starter, it's 15 goals at, in the last four seasons. If you're bringing yeah. him with a striker that, has, that scored zero goals in the Serie A last year, I think it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it did have um, six months at Wolves after Raul Jimenez had that horrific injury, um, and it wouldn't, it didn't go well. And it, he's gone to Betis, and he's the second striker at Bet. That Betis team, that forward line is unbelievable. Before he left, he had Canales, who's gone to Mexico. You got Fekir, you've got Borja Iglesias, and you got William Jose who. It is a good backup striker to to the Panda. Um, yeah, but the thing is, we're looking for a starter. I know, I know. 
you need well I, to be honest I think the front two on Sunday is going to be Dybala and Bellotti no Dybala suspended oh yes oh yes and Pellegrini suspended as well isn't he so he's going That's to miss right. like yes so it's going to be Al Shirari and um, <clears throat> excuse me and Bellotti you've also got Solbakken who could play up front as well yeah and yes, he didn't have the greatest of preseasons, but no. yeah, he can. But realistically, is 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 my next point is, Roma have put all their eggs into the Marcus Leonardo situation. And do you think they need a Plan B or a Plan C? They they should have a Plan B regardless of how they think it's going to turn out. And that's I'm glad you brought that up. Is I don't think they've ever had a Plan B, and they got a. Uh, they gotta re-meet and have more meetings with the boards and discuss more when plan A doesn't go well to find a plan B. But I think you should have a plan B if your plan A doesn't go well right away. So on Le- the Leonardo case, Scott, and I'll go through it from beginning to end. What's happened? Because it's been a it's been a mess. Well, you are it's- the the Santos correspondent. I watched that I started learning Portuguese by by the amount of like media and journalists I've been trying to get info from from Brazil. Well, it's, you watched the last two games against Atlético Paranaense and Fortaleza where they got absolutely mullered four 0 they, yeah, they're garbage, Scott. They're Santos are garbage. <laughs> which is which is a bit heartbreaking because they are well, they are one of the the top. South American teams from a bygone era, the top Brazilian teams, which have been now taken over by a Rio-based team who has got Gabi going on their team in Flamengo. But I do not yeah, want to see Santos get relegated because it would be a shame. No, neither do I, Scott. I know it's a big team in Brazil. It produced such good talent with Rodrigo and Neymar. Uh, it's it's obviously a, a historic club in Brazil. I'm I'm not a, an expert in uh, South American soccer. I do watch from time to time, and I've been keeping close attention to it. Scott. It the blame is on their president. Their president is one of the worst I've seen. It's worse than a lot of Serie A, and that's tough <laughs> that to say. It. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's bad, Scott. Uh, I'm telling you, like they don't manage everything well. So, Piat. Pinto hasn't managed as well, and Santos do, do, hasn't managed as well. So both sides have messed up, mm. and now we're at a tug of war for this player. This player from the beginning, you know, okay, so from Thiago Pinto's point, he wasted too much time on Scamacca. If he went after Leonardo with supposedly this $18 million offer, which I see over and over and over, in July, they would have had him. It would have been, I don't think it would have been much of an issue. It would have been a done deal because the reported rumors at the beginning is they met Santos' request. The issue is they met it too late because Santos are having all these problems. Since then, so they took too long on Scamaca, which is the fail of Pinto. Now you, for some reason, you want Leonardo at all costs. I, I think it's... I, I want to have him. I just think they're being a little desperate because they mm. don't really have another young profile that they're interested in. And this might come down to scouting, which, you know, I don't understand why. Like there was guys like Beltran, Valise, yeah. and they try to blitz for Beltran when he already agreed to Fiorentina and they offered less. They lowballed so River Plate. This is the Pinto side failure. And they offered more than they offered Leonardo. 
Again, I'm not a scout either. I don't know who you can rate higher. I know Beltran's a little older, a little more prepared. I get it. But if you go with them with an offer that's a few million more than what you did for Leonardo, how do you think Santos is going to act? Well, you're giving more for him and not for our player, which you desperately want. So that's been the problem with Pinto is he did this too late. If he did this in July, I think he would have had him. I'm more than convinced he would have been a Roma player. The fact that he started doing this in August, what happens? What happened in August? The Brazil market closed. They cannot replace a player unless it's a free agent, which you actually mentioned Alexis Sanchez. They've been, been linked to him, yeah. Yeah, that Santos are trying to sign him. So that could be a good sign from us. But since the negotiations really intensified with Roma, there's been a firing of the coach. There's been a firing of the DS Falcao for sexual charges. Is, sexual that, the, I is that the ex-Roma player? Yes. Ex-Roma legends, yeah. Yes, he got he got charges against them for, I believe, sexual harassment, mm. and he got fired during the negotiations. This mm. is all... Ha- and the coach got fired. Yeah, and then they got beat by Fortaleza 4-0. Exactly. And to make matters worse, what sort of upset Leonardo and probably pissed everybody else off is Leonardo's successor, which um, which uh, which is it's an 18-year-old kid. Named David uh, Washington is about to go yes. to Chelsea. He went to Chelsea. And then I think he's... Um, he, I, was it between them and Monaco? And I think I reckon he'll go out on loan because also Chelsea have also signed Angelo, who is a right winger, a left footed, an inverted winger, left footed, um, and I think he's he's signed for Chelsea and then gone out on loan to Strasbourg. That's right. If if he exactly if he um, if he's able to. If he was able to get Leonardo before, well, you already have Washington to replace. But mm-hmm. what happened was, and this is a this is part on Santos owners too. Uh, you know, Leonardo wanted to leave, and there's been much and much and much discussions about him wanting to go to being ready for a, a big European team. You go sell his backup, and then you kind of put in a situation where nobody is happy. I, I get, I understand, he got the money for it. But I heard things like Washington wanted wanted to stay, or there was a deal in place, like you were mentioning Monaco. If he went to Monaco, I think Monaco would have left him at Santos mm. at least until the end of their season. season. Yeah. But with Chelsea, they can. Chelsea's owners also own Strasbourg, so he's going to go to Strasbourg. So that's not happening. So with the the coach, the sporting director, and the backup of Santos replacement gone, and the way, like I said, Santos being garbage and in relegation. They're in a really, really bad mess, which is why they've been reluctant to give Leonardo up. But Roma want Leonardo at all costs, supposedly. So it's supposedly it's a matter of money and obviously the mess, but Santos will sell if they met uh, their supposing new asking price, which is a little over t- like 20 or a little over 20 million. And Roma's offering 18 with like ridiculous bonuses to it that are hard to achieve. So that's the whole saga. The th- the thing is, it's I, I don't see it ending well. I hope it does, but you know, Santos are in difficulty, and Roma are desperate for somebody. I don't know how long you can wait. If it were me, if we were smart, Scott, go get Zapata and keep working at this until the end of the until the end of the thirty first. Because if you re- really believe in Leonardo, he's not a player that's going to make an impact for you starting to you know starting Sunday 
until the 31st. He needs some time. If you have Zapata, I think you'll be okay for another two, three weeks. I think, you, but the thing is, we haven't even closed for the experienced striker. This is the issue because I, I don't think Leonardo is ready to step in and you know just be the next number nine for Roma. I, I don't believe that. I believe he will need a bit of time to adjust. So that, that's why if you had Zapata, I think it'd be a lot easier to negotiate. Or at worst case, if you had that striker, Scott. And personally, with everybody we're linked to, I would probably still have Leonardo uh, try to get him with a solution of keeping him on loan until December, which which is when Santos really want to sell him, you know, because they want him to help Santos get out of relegation and stay in the, the top Brazilian league. Mm-hmm. I'm actually okay with that. I think we could survive with, I guess, Balotti, Dybala, and Zapata until then. I don't know how much help he'll be in the first two, three months. He may be a big help. But if you want this player at all costs and you really believe in him and you believe he's going to be a big hit, at worst case, leave him to Santos till December. But that's been the whole saga. That's sorry, I'm ranting by the way. No, 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 it's fine. That's been the whole saga that's been that's been going on with him. That's why it's been very, very difficult. And Roma keep trying for him. They even sent the uh, agent uh, Pimenta, the one who took over for um, uh, what's his name, Raiola. They even sent yes. Roma sent Leonardo's agent, Pimenta, to Brazil to discuss this deal further. And supposedly in the first two days, they didn't change their offer. What was the point of sending the agent to Brazil? Now, supposedly they are. Apparently, Roma are putting more money on the table. So we'll see if that if something happens. But they're very serious. I mean, for them to send the agent all the way to Brazil to talk, to stay there and deal for days of negotiation. Roma are very serious on this kid. So I hope they get him. It's just with Santos' difficulty, it'll be very hard. Um, realistically, do you reckon he'll be in Rome or on the field for Rome either on match day two or match day three? Uh, I'm more the pessimistic type, Scott. I I don't think so. I want to keep hope that we'll see him in uh, December, January. December, January. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I'm actually we- wondering, Scott, if if we – I don't know how the market works, but if we make a deal for him now and I guess we send him back on loan, are we able to call him up when their season – I think their season at the end of December, right? Do we have to work- I think it's the beginning of December. It may be late November, early December. Okay, so if that's the case, do we have to? Would we have to wait if this deal were to happen in this way? Would we? Would Roma have to wait until January? Uh, January for yeah. him to come, or can they call him back up in December? I think it would be January. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would still do it, Scott. I I've watched a couple of games since we've been linked with him, and I also watched a game where he where he decided to sit out. And he looks very good. He looks like someone who could be a hit, who could, we can probably resell for double if he turns out to be a good player. And a lot of people seem to believe in him. He seems to be carrying the Santos team from the ground. They, Scott, they're really, really, they're really bad. It was like watching Sampdoria last season. Oh. But he did everything, Scott, too, to, to come here. The, the guy skipped training for a week. I know, he's back him. in now. He's back in training. He's back in training, yes. But he, he threatened to skip training. His head, he only wanted Roma. Like, he missed everything. They threatened him with legal charges. Like, I think he's done literally everything to come here. So, and Roma's trying everything to get him. So, I, I really think they do believe in him. And 
from the games it shows he he looks like to be a really good player. He took his penalty really well in the last minute against Atletico Paranaense. Um, top corner. He has scored some really good goals. I think he's, what, 19? He's 20 now. Yeah, 20. So, um, uh, in my honest opinion, I think Roma will get him. I think, realistically, I think it will be done next week. The downside is... I was hoping to have a striker in for the start of the season, but you've got Bellotti, you've got Al Sharari, you've got Solbach, and I do think the front two will be Al Sharari and Bellotti, and then Dybala will come in against Hellas Verona, and excuse me, you probably have maybe the two strikers that you want, either against Hellas or either against AC Milan in September on the 1st. I hope, but Scott, why is this too late? Like this is this, this is the problem. It's it's, it's not ju- it's not just Roma uh, doing this. Have you not seen the striking situation at Inter, and they're about to spunk ten million euros on Arnautovic? Who's third? <laughs> or it's I think it's it's not just Roma are just doing this. There is other clubs, and it's just it's mind boggling. But I don't. I don't believe Scott Inter's situation at strikers is worse. They had Correa, Turam, and Lataro. Yeah. At least they've had three. You know, competent striker. We have two, one that was injured. Two, two competent and one who's mm, off the wagon. Okay, in, a little in off Correa, the wagon. Correa. I mean, but is it worse than what what we had in Bellotti last season? Mm, they did spend a lot of money on him. True, financially yes, but we. Yeah. I think ours was more of a crisis than theirs were. Trust mm. me, they're in difficulty as well. I, I I totally agree with that. But we've we've known this since June. We we certainly have known this since June, and I just it's it's late. It's honestly it's late. I'm I'm still happy with the targets, but you know we're coming. We're we have 15 days, and it's kind of pressing that we need two strikers and supposedly the center back. Yeah, that's why the thing is Leonardo's late. Uh, Zapata not as much. Zapata's more of an opportunity because they sold Hoyland, they bought Torre, and they bought Scamacca. So they, this is more of an opportunity. And also they've bought Charles uh, Di Catalare. That's right. On loan from uh, AC Milan. That's and, right. So yeah. them, it's I understand Zapata is more of an opportunity, but Pinto's biggest failure was. It's just it's the strike, yeah, the striker yeah. situation, and Davide Fratesi, um, which I think six weeks later still it, it still grinds, it still grinds. Um, enough of the transfer talk because we'd probably be here to about tomorrow morning talking about it, and we'll just <laughs> we'll probably be bashing heads at the end, going, "Why is he taking so long?" Season starts. Saturday in Serie A with the champions away at Frosinone. Roma plays Salernitana on Sunday. 3-5-2. There is two suspensions. There's also some coaching suspensions as well. Who's in charge? Because Jose suspended. A couple of his... 40 suspended. suspended. Uh, So is it one of his coaches are in... Yeah, it's Good. something with it. Starts with Rapetti, something Rapetti. Um, I don't remember his name. He's the one who has been coaching most of their friendlies. Is that the one who got been. into an argument with the Feyenoord striker Jimenez? Or was that Fotty? No, that was Fotty. 
That was 40. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember now. I like, though, what this coach has been saying. You can hear him through the uh, through the microphones when he's screaming. He's like, keep the ball, keep the ball. So I think they're really trying to find different ways to build and hold possession, which is which is what I like to see. I did forget about this in the transfer situation. We'll quickly talk about this. How do you feel about the Nemanja Matic situation? Because that's probably that's probably throwing Roma's plans out the window for this season. Yeah, that's why we had to react on Paredes. I, I didn't yeah. like the situation at all, Scott. Again, we I tend to believe what is mentioned by the journalists I follow are true, which is why I follow them and. They really, they really are reporting that Matic betrayed the club, went behind them to discuss a long-term deal with Ren, uh, and Roma found out very close to the end of the market, which was like I said within the last week, and they had to do, they had to make something out of that situation, and that's what the getting Paredes did. So we're gonna miss him as a player, as an individual, but. You know what, Scott? Uh, they didn't even they didn't even uh, wish him good luck. They oh, honestly no. were very salty about what happened. I tend to believe like something's obviously going on. Obviously, I believe there was something more that went on than just saying no. I got a long term offer with Ren. I want to go. I, I think there was something more personal that will not be revealed. Maybe in the future, but there was something definitely that went wrong. The fact that he faked the muscle injury and didn't want to get called up. I don't know if he was injured. He never want to play preseason game after the first one. So I think, I think he played. Wrong. I think he played the first two. He played the first one. That's all. Oh, that's also play against Braga. He didn't play the other couple in no. Portugal. Exactly. Ah, so he never he never played. So it was a bit. It was a bit odd at first. I'll be like, okay, whatever. He's injured, and then we find out about what happened. Now everything it, that's coming out, yeah. And he be, basically, it felt like he betrayed Mourinho. He's yeah. worked with three different teams. So I think there's something more that happened that no one's telling us about. But I'm truly devastated by this story. I love Matish. I think he would have worked well as a single pivot, um, you know, rotating with Cristante. And we would we finally had the midfield to not see that pairing again. That <laughs> everyone was bothered by. Yeah, but now he, he's gone. Now, now he's gone. So Paredes has uh, some big shoes to fill. Literally, I think, I think Paredes and Sanchez will probably swap with. Cristante, you probably will. I will go into this. You probably see a more balanced midfield three now, which I quite like. On Matic, I do feel there's something more behind the scenes because Ren said they were talking to him for a month. So his move was done on what? Monday? Yeah. Sunday, Monday. So that's a month. So that's like 13th of July. So. That's a long time. And if they've off, because right, footballers is a short career and he's at the age, I think he's a year younger than me, so he's 35. There's, it's one big payday. And if, if it's true, they've offered him a three-year deal on a good wage and that you're at that age, you're going to have to take it, aren't you? I, I, I agree, but I think there. I still think there were more personal reasons as well. I feel like he he had to get out of Rome, and we'll, we just will never know why. Yeah, there were some weird, uh, shall we say, some stories, some salacious stories that have been flying around. We won't mention it. I don't want to get into trouble. Um, but there were some weird 
salacious stories flowing around on Roman Twitter over the weekend about about Matic and his personal life, and that's why he's had to leave leave Rome to go to France and play for Rennes in Ligue 1. But sorry, I, I meant to bring that up in the transfer section. I apologise, but we um first game of the season, Salernitana three five two. It looks like Pagano might get some minutes because he's impressed in pre-season. Do you like the balance of the 3-5-2? We've got more balance in the midfield, a midfield three instead of a double pivot from last season. I'm quietly optimistic of what could happen on Sunday and going forward with what what I've seen in pre-season has been a shift from two attackers to more of a a three-five-two with Dybala probably dropping off to be the second striker. I I personally like the balance of the three-five-two. I actually mm. think it fits more more characteristics that we have um, mostly for the midfield um, with Pellegrini, guys like Pellegrini, Awar, Bove, Sanchez, and even Pagano. I think those are five guys that can play the half, as they say, Metzala, uh, being the ones that go up and down. Uh, the pitch while you have it's going to be Paredes. I don't know if people think otherwise. Paredes obviously will mix around, but I I think the goal is Paredes will be the one who plays in front of defense, the deep line playmaker, and then you have Cristante. I think those are the ones that are going to play those that spot. He'll he'll have some sort of combination, but I think that fits what we have more, and it puts DiBala closer to goal. Mm. A bigger a big problem we had last year's we um, we had DiBala you know do a lot of defensive work which obviously it's not his forte, but that means a lot more running and a lot further from goal. Now we have him closer to goal. He's going to be up front with a striker. Well, it won't be against Salernitana, but we have guys like El Shuari can play it. But we'll have him and a striker that will be the partnership going forward with the balance of the midfield. And I think it fits their characteristics. You've got your box-to-boxes in Bove and Sanchez. You've got more of your attacking midfield as Pellegrini and Awar you got your the ones who are going to sit back in uh, in front of the defense in in uh, Cristante and uh, Paredes, and then we have the wild card of Pagano, who's impressed this preseason. Uh, he had a brilliant, brilliant assist to El Shirari when they played their last friendly. Uh, it was it was really he's been he's been impressing me, Scott, and I, I think he will get some good minutes already starting from the first game. Yeah, I didn't watch the preseason friendly Saturday. I was at a game myself, and I watched Jude Bellingham's debut in La Liga on Saturday night. I wanted to watch a bit of La Liga, but on all reports, it was quite good. How did uh, how did Pagano play in the midfield in Albania? Oh. It, it, it was in Albania, wasn't it? It was in the, the stadium that Roma won the Conference League final. Yes, it was. Uh, he played brilliantly. Yeah, he played very well, and I was I was quite impressed. Like he showed composure. He had a shot once where I haven't seen many of our midfield do. Um, uh, where you know there's usually guys in front of the wall and uh, sorry in front of the shot, and he faked them with like a um, with like a fake shot, and he was able to make space to make that shot. Like those little things, and obviously the pass to our shot was brilliant. I, I thought he did super well. I thought Awar had a big game, and I think he's going to be big this season. Um, it was even funny, Scott. I don't know if you read the reports, but during that game, uh, Mourinho decided to take off a war and he oh, played yeah, 10 for the last 10, two minutes. Yeah. 
because they were constantly hacking him. They were constantly fouling him, and he had no more subs on the bench because he subbed everybody during the second half. The only one he kept on was Awar for, for the whole time, and he subbed them off. He's like, no, nah, I'm playing in 10. I don't want to risk an injury because he's he's going to be starting yeah. Sunday. Yeah. How would you see the lineup on Sunday? Ooh, so I know for sure Patricio's in that. So I don't have any <laughs> doubt about that. Um, Mancini. That, that's a topic for another day, the goalkeeper yes, situation. Yes. Mancini and Smalling are definitely starter. I don't know between Indica and Lorente Scott. I, I I think Mourinho might play it safe and go Llorente because mm. he's been in the league a little longer. He might might go with the experience the first game. So I'm going to go with Llorente. I got to say Spinazzola and Christensen for the um, wingbacks. Wingbacks. In the midfield. Cristante. Cristante for sure. Awar for sure. And Pagano. Pagano or Bove? Oh, good question. Or Paredes. Could you do all three? No, because Cristante and Paredes are probably two two of a, a deeper role. They uh, might they might have to play him out of certain. I don't think the de- the debut of Paredes and Sanchez will be from the start. I think no, they'll, they'll be in. both from the bench. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be po- Bove or Pagano, which I've, is a bit curious, Scott, as to why not Bove? Why more? Pa- I know Pagano's impressed more, but with with everything Bove's done, I, I think it'd be him. But yeah, I agree. Say it might not be. I did read reports that it'd be Pagano. That would be big for for him in his first Serie A game. Really, yeah, it would be against a Salernitana team that did end the season well. Uh, and then it'll be El Shawari and Bellotti up front. That's right. And I will say on the opposition side, even uh, Souza's been complaining about not having players and players injured. Like he still has Dia that's injured, Bellotti Dia. I don't know if he'll be back, but him too, they. I mean, it could be all smoke and mirrors, Scott, but they um, they seem to be missing players too, either from the market or just from injury. So they might not have like a, a fully ready roster to go against us as well. So it'll be in, it'll be an interesting matchup. I have Gazetta in front of me in their prob- probable formation. It's that time of the season. Um, uh, we were pretty much right on what we've got, so. Gazetta have Patricio, Mancini, Smalling, Lorente, Christensen, Bove, Cristante, Oar, Zaleski, Al Shawari, and Bellotti, and Salonatana. Oh, there's, there are some names there. Uh, Ochoa? Is that Gionbe? Fazio, yeah. Parola, Mazzocchi, uh, Al Kudabali, M Kudabali, Braderic, Castanos, the legend of Antonio Candreva, and Mr. Eric Bottheim. Ah, yes, the uh, famous uh, Bodo legend that destroyed us, him and Solbakken. But he hasn't really done well since he's been there. But again, no. time to adjust, I guess. They are missing, uh, is it Danilovic? who's out for 45 days with an injury. Um, 
they don't know about Lovato. I nearly called him after the singer there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lovato. But they've got so they've got Majore as well. They've got Majore, uh Sambia, uh last Bohemian son in midfield. So it could be it could be an interesting interesting game on Sunday. I'm not gonna ask you for a prediction because it could be horrifically wrong. But I will ask how do you think Serie A is going to go this season as a whole? Uh, chaotic as always, Scott. You know, yes, I think yes. It's chaotic, but always interesting. There's never a clear favorite anymore, given a lot of uh, problems that teams have had in the market. Let's be real, Scott. Serie A haven't spent all that much money. Uh, yeah. Do you reckon is that because of the Saudi situation that's taken oh, over football oh, in the last two and a half months? I think that's affected. I think that's pretty much affected all the leagues, all the top Maybe leagues. Maybe besides so. Premier League. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because of the financial power that um, you get from the TV deals over here in the UK from... I, yeah, that's right. And I actually yeah. think it, it's sort of helped the Premier League because they're taking players that on teams that they don't want anymore. Look at Chelsea. Chelsea uh, got rid of uh, most of guys they don't want. They went to Saudi. Yeah. So it just hasn't – it obviously hasn't helped Serie A and it hasn't helped any other league because they have a lot of financial power. Al-Hilal, the team that bought Ibanez, Scott, I think have spent more money – in this transfer window, since the Freakins have been in for Roma, but getting Neymar, Ibanez, Demiral, uh, they're off for, they're after somebody else now. Is Demiral going to Saudi Arabia? Is that a transfer I've completely missed? Yeah, Demiral is, he's going to oh. be partnering with Ibanez. Oh my goodness me, I have to Google this quickly. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Joey, continue. And Neymar, okay, and Neymar went there as well. Yeah, that was done. Yesterday, for a massive fee, his wages are ridiculous. Yeah, five hundred, uh, five hundred thousand dollars for every Instagram post for Neymar. <sighs> they also spent sixty million for uh, uh, Malcolm, our famous Malcolm, that left us at the airport. Apparently, Medi Demaral is still at Atalanta. It's not. It's. It's a done deal, but it's just not. I don't think it's like been announced. Ah. But uh, I, Romano has said it's like pretty close to being done. Oh, here we go. Well, it is Fabrizio Romano, so the copy and paste merchant, as some people like to call him. Um, take that with a pinch of salt uh, because he's been hor- horrifically wrong on some transfers. For sure, for sure. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree. But he's one of the most trusted one, and they're they're saying it's close. It hasn't happened yet, but they they say it's a close deal. But these guys, they they spend a lot of money. Scott Kulabali, Neves, Milinkovic Savic are all with Al Hilal. The Milinkovic Savic one is a strange one. That's all I'm going to say because that is a player in his prime, and. When someone offers you that amount of money, you may have to take it. But to go from playing, being probably one of the best players in Italy and probably one of the best midfielders at Lazio to go to Saudi Arabia, would you say it's a novice league at the moment? Because 
we don't know much about it because they're it's what are they is it uh they're because Newcastle or Saudi own it's is it PIF 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 yeah yeah it's a not a state it's like a country wealth where don't they want the World Cup in about at some point and that they want to be one of the top leagues by 2030 yeah which I mean they're on their way if depending who they sign it just the thing is it's only a few teams Scott which um which have been making these buys because there's more than the three four that have been buying it's just it's just to see how you know how the rest of the league does or if the money's only within a few of the top teams that they have so we'll see but they've definitely made look they've definitely made interesting buys uh al Hali, the one that bought Ibanez, are the ones you know that have firmino they have mares they bought uh, they bought mendy Al-Hilal is the ones who bought Neymar, Malinkovic-Savage, Neves. They're making good buys. They're really, they really have financial power over um, over the rest of the, Europe. And you know what they're even trying to do, Scott? Is I don't know if you heard. I don't know if this kind of relates to it as well. But they're trying to get their way into the Champions League. Champions League, I saw that. Which is ridiculous to me. UEFA Champions League is for UEFA. Europe and UEFA exactly. If they start making the Champions League. I'll lose all hope in 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 any of this. I, I'm sorry. I don't think it's something they should do. One of the biggest appealing things to keep players in Europe would be Champions League, Europa League, and all that. If Saudi start to come in there, well, they'll just offer them two, three, four, five times the amount, and they'll go to Saudi Arabia and still play in the Champions League. So mm. I, I kind of find that ridiculous. So, but in the end, Scott, no, this hasn't helped Roma. I, I think they've lost out on opportunities at players because they all went to Saudi. Also, I don't think the money is there for some Italian clubs. I think, as I've stated to a friend of mine who's a Liverpool fan, like he he wanted to know what was going on in Italy. I think most clubs have to sell to buy. Look, look at AC Milan. They sold to Nali, who had a wonderful debut on Saturday, scored a, a really good goal. They got a lot of money for him. Probably not the amount they probably would have got, probably later on in the window I think he's he's. I think he's going to be a top player for Newcastle but they've rebuilt the squad pretty well with a good spine of the team so what they brought Musa um, the guy from AZ Rinders Ruben Chikwesi uh, yeah Pulisic Ruben Loftus-Cheek he scored a hat-trick the other day in the pre-season friendly and I think they will add to that um we we digress, but on to add to Serie A. You said chaos as usual. Will we see a, a fifth different winner in the last five years, or do you reckon it will be one of the top three from last season? I uh, I reckon it would be. I reckon it would be one of the top three to see a fifth winner, Scott. The the only one you can see is is Roma or Lazio, right? Because mm. it was Juventus, Inter, AC, and now nah, Napoli. So, unless you think Roma's winning the Scudetto or Lazio or Fiorentina, which I wow. don't. Wow. I do think it pains me to say this, but I do think oh. Lazio, I know, I know I shouldn't, oh. but Lazio have made some really smart signings. They have, unfortunately. It, does pain, it pains me to say this, but 
Ravella that in Sari's midfield will cook and it's going to be really good to see if, if you're a Lazio fan. And for us Roma fans, it'll be difficult because they've also brought in uh, Kamada. I think Kamada is one of the three midfields probably to play the Milinkovic-Savic role a bit higher up. Could be interesting to see. They're going to get Hugo Lloris as a backup keeper. Um, but yeah, Nicola Rivera is one of my top five players to watch out for the upcoming season. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, they made good signings. Again, will it pan out? We know Milinkovic-Savic was always one of the best in Serie A, so it's hard to fill in his shoes. We'll also see with Alberto. There's always mm. been problems with Luis Alberto staying at that club, but if they keep what they have, it's going to be very interesting to watch. I think they made some smart buys. Their biggest loss is Milinkovic-Savic. Can they recover from, you know, quote-unquote, one of the best midfielders in the league for the past few years? It's very hard to replace, but we'll see that. I think they made smart signings, and they're going to be battling for top four Top again. four, yeah. Uh, they also need someone as a backup for a Mobile. Um also, because his injury last season hindered them. Um, I do feel that it's going to be the, the same top five, top six again this season. I have no idea what Juventus are going to do um, because they've got that cloud, black cloud above them. Um, Napoli with Rudy Garcia. Uh, it's like you're replacing a Rolls-Royce with Spalletti with a lampshade. Rudy Garcia. I made that analogy on the La Magia cast about Matic and Renato Sanchez, and I backtracked. But I, Rudy Garcia, I don't think, I only think you'll probably see one season at Napoli. Yeah, yeah. I mean, knowing what we know from Rudy Garcia, is, I don't know. Out of going from Spalletti to him, I don't see, well, Obviously, it's very hard to improve on what they did last year, but I don't. I don't think they continue with that consistency. Uh, I think uh, they'll be more figured out this year. Um, they don't. I don't know if they have the depth, Scott. Uh, have they really made any? They signed. Signings? They signed. Is it Nathan? Nathan to replace Kim and Jay, which Kim is unknown. Their best from their best. Yeah, that's a big loss. Quarterback. That's a he, massive loss. That is a massive loss. I know there's rumors about the. Zelinski that he was maybe he's, going to Saudi. He's rejected and, and he's going to okay, sign a so new deal. We don't with know if they're going to get uh, right. We don't know if they're going to get uh, Gabby Gabby uh, Vega. Um, uh, yes, the the Sa- yeah, the South of Ego um, jewel uh, for for them. Um, he's a very he's a very t- uh, English. He's a very talented midfielder. I think he could play in that like in a couple positions, maybe as an attacking midfielder. I wonder if Rudy Garcia will play the 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, but I feel Serie A is going to be interesting this season. I know the transfer market's not great. I think the two Milanese clubs will be up there. I do feel Roma will probably, if they get the situation of the striker situation, I do feel top four could be up there. Would you agree? Yeah, I'm on the borderline of fourth, uh, fourth, fifth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm on that borderline. It, it's going to come down to who we sign the strikers, uh, if they can stay healthy, and who plays in the midfield. Uh, sorry, not who plays, but how they play in the midfield. That's the biggest thing. I, like I said, I like the characteristics that we're bringing in to play in the midfield. I think it works better for us. 
but it all depends on how they perform. Preseason look good, but in the end, it's preseason. You know, running that formation last year, we knew from the beginning it didn't look great. Like you had a double pivot of guys who were not the best at progressing with the ball. They're more like keep hold ball and keep cycling type players. You know, Matic Cristante, we it was hard to move the ball forward. And Pellegrini, I, I just think that position just behind the striker wasn't really working for him. But now playing as a number eight, as they would say, and the balance of the midfield, like you mentioned, I think we can improve goal scoring wise. I just hope defensively, if we can keep the defense as it is with my confidence in the goal scoring, if we sort out the striker situation, we'll no doubtedly have a better year. It was just that end of the season, wasn't it, last season, that pretty much curtailed Roma, wasn't it? It was one win since April 16th, which which was the last game of the season against Spezia. Understandably, that was because all the eggs were in the Europa League basket. Is the final we do not talk about, because Roma could have been playing now against Manchester City and probably would have got absolutely battered. But it's it was a, a, a bit of a disappointing end, but I think Roma can regroup and then reciprocate some of the form they had at the beginning of 2023 going into the start of the season. Because as we talked off air, and we probably will wrap this podcast up soon, the opening seven or eight games for Roma is quite easy, easy-ish, comfortable, would you say? Not easy. Um there's no easy games in football, um, but it looks on paper a good start to the season. Yes, it does. And I we mentioned uh, before we started the pod is I liked having some of the trickier away games early. Um, Hellas, first, first away game. Hellas is always tricky away. Games like Genoa, like that stadium is always tricky away. I know we played one of the worst Sampdoria teams, but if I'm not mistaken... Scott, we only beat them off a penalty last year. Uh, we in, did in, in, uh, in at the Ferrari, yes. Yeah, at the Ferrari, exactly. So we only beat them by a penalty shot of Pellegrini. So playing at that same has never been good for us, especially against Genoa, which is worse than uh, Sampdoria, in my opinion. And then playing in Turin for Torino, it's always a tricky game. And always playing in Cagliari, I still have the flashbacks of Marco Sal tying the game. Please don't. With the red cards. Yeah, I don't want PTSD. No, exactly. But it's just to say, to me, those are all tricky away games. But you know what? We get rid of them early. By October 8th, all those games I mentioned, they're all done. Mm. They're all done and over already by October 8th. Uh, And in in between, we have Milan at home, um, which... A Friday night game uh, before the September international break. That's Fr- right. Yeah. Friday night under the lights at the Olympica, which probably packed. That'd be amazing to watch. Oh, that will be. That will be. And you know, then we might get into some of the harder games later on. Inter and Atalanta. Yeah, yeah. Within a span of two weeks, but like I said, we manage those early tricky games. I think it's uh, it looks good for Roma. As uh, I don't expect all wins, but. I expect to come out positively in most of the matches. Uh, so I've, I'll go up to end of October. So it's home to Salernitana week one, away to Hellas Verona, uh, home to AC Milan, home to Empoli, away to Torino, away to Genoa, 
and then you probably got away at home to Frosinone, and then probably the Europa League game in between the Empoli game and the Torino game, and probably the Frosinone game and the Cagliari game. Yeah, see, that's that's tricky but doable, Scott. Yeah, then you got Monza, and then uh, Inter away, and then Lecce at home, and then the derby before the November international break. That's right. I I do like that before the international break. Uh, Scott, we never ranted on about the scheduling, but I remember the last podcast I said I'd rant. I'll keep this short, but I like what they did at the beginning, but I think they did Roma pretty bad on the the winter, where near the winter break with the four games back-to-back-to-back-to-back with Atalanta, Milan. I think it's, I don't know if it's Juve and Atalanta. There's four tough games in a row. It's, and also the Europa League schedule. It's uh, go on, Scott. Bologna 17th. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bologna 17th, home to Napoli on the 23rd, away to Juventus on the 30th, and then home to Atalanta on the 7th, and then away to Milan. That's On the 14th. My mum's birthday. Uh, so the 14th. That's, yeah. that's all. That's a, that is That is horrible. And just before that, Scott, we have Bologna, right? Before Bologna, we have Fiorentina on my birthday, actually. (laughs) Exactly my birthday, yeah. We have Fiorentina. So Fiorentina, Bologna, who made, you know, Fiorentina made the conference league finals. And you you know they'll be better under um, uh, Italiano. Uh, They got Beltran now. They got, um, who else did they get? What's his name from Spezia? Enzola. Enzola, they got uh, Fabio Parisi, who I think will excel at Fiorentina, a wonderful young, talented left back slash that, left wing back. That's right. Yeah. Bologna, you know, it's going to be tough away with Thiago Mata. Yeah, it's a mark. And Thiago then you Mata, have yeah. four. You have four big games in a row. This is all, Scott. You have that pack, which I don't understand how you can make it this difficult. And also, I cannot believe after every European game we play away. I think that's ludicrous. Every after every Europa League game, our Serie A game is away, which I find it to be absolutely ridiculous. I know people are mentioning it on Twitter of how ridiculous that is, and I agree. I, I don't think how I, I cannot think of a worse thing you can do for a Roma schedule than that. It just boggled my mind how bad it is. Screw the FIGC. That's what I'm gonna say. Thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth. Before we finish. How many Serie A referees are going to get suspended this season? Oh, because we've already had one already in the Premier League after Andre Anana did his best John Bra- uh, John Bradshaw Layfield impression and absolutely taken out the Wolves attacker on Monday night. That was a, that was a JBL clothesline or Goldberg spear. Any WWE wrestler be proud of Anana what he did on Monday. Yeah, it was. It should have been a penalty, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's already starting with suspending referees in other leagues. Yeah, it'll well, definitely we, happen with us. For how, sure. ma- how many in Serie A? Because we saw quite a few this se- last season. I think you could. I could. I reckon you could see a good ten. I was gonna say I was gonna say like eight, but yeah, I can definitely see ten. With Mourinho, probably even higher. I know we won't have a suspended <laughs> coach the the first two games of the season. That's for sure because we don't have any of our coaches mm. available. So, 
So I know we definitely will not see it then, but then afterwards we might. If they continue calling games the way they've called them, then yeah. So we're already bitter from the European finals and and so many games before that. I mean, we just we're just fed up and we just hope things change. But yeah, I definitely can see eight to ten being suspended. Well, I did watch Anthony Taylor on Sunday, and he even screwed up a penalty shot for Liverpool, of, of which course. It, it was a handball and. Miss, Miss Nicholas Jackson. Uh, every time he gets a ball, I've got outcast Miss Jackson stuck in my head. Um, but yeah, he missed a penalty there. I, that was a stonewaller. It was a penalty not given in the um, in the Man United Wolves game. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to embrace the chaos for the next nine months. Bring it on because it all starts again on Saturday with the champions away at Frosinone. Um, Genoa Fiorentina will be a good game to watch on Saturday night. You have Inter Monza, Roma San Natana. Is it Milan Bologna on Monday night? Be a good game to watch. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Thiago Mata does. Uh, he always does pretty good against big teams, so uh, it's going to be interesting. The whole season, the whole starting of the season, will definitely be, have some interesting results. That's for sure. As uh, Fabio Capello, Fabio Cannavaro, and Luca Toni says, Calcio is back. Um, guys, you can follow us at lamagicast.com. You can find all our previous episodes of the podcast on the website. You can find us on all podcast platforms, so your Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, etc., etc. And if you can give us a rating, maybe five stars on, on a podcast platform you do listen to, don't hesitate to give us a good rating. Uh, Joey, thank you so much for joining me. We went 70 plus minutes i reckon we could have probably doubled that um but i think we, gave, we had a lot to talk about we had a lot to talk about because we haven't done a podcast for a couple of weeks uh we'll be back monday after the Salernitana game hopefully talking about a positive result to start the Serie A season and uh, guys enjoy the rest of your week enjoy the football this week because you've got Champions League qualifiers you've just had the EFL action over the over the last couple of days and then you've got Super Cup tonight you've got Bundesliga starting you've got some La Liga games in the Premier League and more EFL because my team are playing Wrexham on Saturday so we're playing Hollywood FC so hopefully Swindon can get another win and start the season with a uh, Two wins and a draw. That's enough. Probably me rambling on. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the week and ciao. Ciao.